Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. Welcome to Fandom Power. Hello there. Greetings. <laughs> what is up, my friends, my people, my awesome co-host, Hank, Andy. What's happening? All the viewers, listeners across the world. This is it. We made it. Mm-hmm. We made it. We have reached. It was a the, long haul, actually. Reached the end of our, our journey. So far. We've had, well, the end of the journey for now. That's right. Mm-hmm. As we've uh, conceded with this season, we've had some ups, we've had some downs. I was a naysayer at the beginning. I had since come around to being fully converted to the show, and now I might be on the fence again. (laughs) Your journey is complete. Maybe. (laughs) All right, it's the uh, Bad Batch episode 16. This one is called Camino Lost. As if we didn't know that from last week. Anyway, this one debuted yesterday as of this recording, and that was dun 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 Friday, August thirteenth, twenty twenty one. All right, this one's got a uh, runtime. It's a uh, twenty five minutes and twenty eight seconds without the credits. Uh, if you're like me and you shut it off, and then uh, twenty eight thirty. So it's actually one of the longest ones with the credits at uh, twenty. Credits were the best part this week. Yeah, really. Um, written by Jennifer Corbett, and this one again directed by our good old friend Saul Ruiz. The uh, episode synopsis this week reads as, uh, The Bad Batch find themselves in unexpected territory in this thrilling finale, part two of two. I don't know how thrilled you are. First were. thing I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, let's go. I think it would have been stronger as a one-hour episode. Yes, I can't I, I argue with that, that at all. The, the stuff that was in the first part would have carried through and we would have still been feeling. So uh, I watch uh, Screen Crush. You guys watch yeah. them on YouTube at all? Or he's, uh, he's funny. No, I reference about your mom. And oh, every you know what? Every once in a while, I'll catch one of his. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking so he about. Did the re- he did a review, at, uh, a short. He does like 10 minute jobs, right? Yeah. He did one yesterday and he actually reviewed both episodes at once. It probably and makes it made, more sense. It, it it actually, you know, what and you know, hindsight is uh, twenty twenty or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and I I would think uh, maybe even Disney's hindsight was going to be more introspective too, a lot like Crosshair. Right, right. Um, because when you view that as an hour, it's probably a a, a lot better animal. 
Uh, and I haven't done that yet, but I, I actually saying that now, I probably, when we're done here and after, after I go get some free comic books, free comic book day kids, um, I'm, then I'm going to go, I'll probably watch them back to back and see if it has a more sort of a resonance because we just like, we just talked off air about how they repeated a lot of the beats from the last one, which is completely acceptable if you're still in the same movie kind of thing. They really drove home this, uh, idea of, uh, conflict and inner turmoil within Crosshair and kind of. As I was saying earlier, how they kind of wrote him this episode, they kind of wrote him on the fence, you know, like uh, he's made his choice. But at the same yeah. time, he's sort of struggling. Is with he going to is? Yeah, he's definitely conflicted, you know, in the uh, my God, in the Anakin Kylo Ren kind of sense where, you know, I almost I didn't you know, I didn't really uh, uh, feel the criticisms leveled that those two characters were. 100% warranted but now seeing it coming from a third like crosshair I'm like oh I understand where that came from now Great. I was just gonna say that uh you know knowing knowing what we know now or at least what we think now like the that again going back to the redemption is a is a big thing in Star Wars and I I've come around to the idea that that they probably are working to redeem him in the traditional Star Wars sense but like we said last week this is a long game it's not mm-hmm. going to happen overnight. You know, you don't That's get right. to go and murder women and children and do all those things and then get welcomed back with open arms like nothing happened. So, yeah. but I found this episode was like, like, I just, for me, I just like make a choice, either make him evil or make him like, I get it. You need to have that conflict to have development and growth, but it's like. If you keep writing him like that, where he does, he says something that's like overtly evil, and then immediately goes into this, but I feel bad about it. You might lose. I'm going to lose interest in that because it's just you can. That tension only works. You can only carry it so far before it's like it just becomes annoying. Yeah, like Lauren and I were talking to. It's it's a little bit. He's he's written a little bit like Maul or Asajj Ventress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where he's got this. He's almost got this like dark side. A Sith apprentice approach to you know right yeah, yeah there here's my past life and um, I have some sort of attachment to it and Sith aren't necessarily adverse to attachment but I've got this attachment to my past life but at the same time you hear him talk about the Empire not in terms of like you know he, he branches off from I'm a soldier yeah that's like that's his through line to the group we're soldiers yeah 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 but he keeps talking about personal glory so that's interesting yeah yeah about yeah him. he keeps talking about the empire is going to take over the galaxy and I'm going to be a part, part of, of it. Yeah, like yeah. There's a, there's a slice of that in there for me. There's and a the place. way you're going about getting your personal slice of the galaxy is bullshit. As far as I'm it's concerned. the wrong way. So yeah. there, that's a pretty cool. Like I enjoyed that part of his character. Like, because there's, you know, I, we, we all saw the scar on his head and I, yeah, I've, yeah. Heard, I've heard people talking like, well, there's no scar from his chip removal. And then I'm like, it are, doesn't have to be where does but there is. Yeah, there's, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's massive, this huge. There's massive right? scarring. Like, uh... Right. <laughs> and in the, in the and they're all arguing semantics. I think it's on Reddit about the location of the. And I'm like, now that's maybe even a more interesting conversation than the whole episode. But I I find it clearly, you know. You know, I, I, to me, I also it works. I don't think he's lying at all. I don't think he's lying at all. That's another thing about Batman. people say. There's no Star scar. They, they tell the truth. They must be referring to the surgical scar. And, like, really... I guess, like you Rex's, right? But you don't need... You know, the the episode works whether you take the chip out or, or... Sorry, the season, that character arc works whether you remove the chip or not just because of the ion radiation. You could have left that thing mm-hmm. in there and just said, it's inert. And it's completely believable. But 
Sure, right. sure. I mean, why? You know, I I have every confidence that it was removed through the the burn scars. Who cares? Yeah, like, it's yeah, not yeah. a big deal. And it could be possible right now that he's been brainwashed into thinking yeah. that he has no chip, and maybe and he that still that does. This is of his own volition, and maybe somewhere down the line, they'll have an unconscious crosshair over their shoulder again. And yeah, really. Scan him and go, oh shit, he actually has a functioning chip. Yeah, yeah. Remove it, and he goes, sorry guys. Yeah, really. Oh. It's, you know, there's another neat kind of maybe. I guess so, yeah. That definitely would be a jaw dropper for me. <laughs> well, and because they were experimenting on the chip. And we, we, yeah, we, for sure we got that very briefly. And then we branched right off into yeah, the whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go work for bounty hunters and stuff. But they were tinkering with the chip. I right. don't think they were removing it. They were trying to augment it. In some that's way. right. Yeah. Re reinforce and amplify. Yeah. 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 But perhaps that stuff was them mucking with his brain in a whole other fashion. Yeah. I mean, that's the best part about, uh, you know, uh, space opera and fiction in general is that uh, it can go any way at right. any time. And, and, you know, for us as the viewers, let's just strap in and hang on for the ride. I'm trying to squeeze some <laughs> lemonade out of this episode. Man. Trying. All right. It's funny that you say that he's seeking accolades now, because after I watched this, I went back and I did watch the four hour episode arc from the clone wars. Cool. And there's actually a line in there where they're like, you know, you guys are going to get medals for this. And they're like, no, no, we're not in it for medals. Oh, interesting. So there are some parallels between that arc and this part that, I think uh, the, uh, that do come up. The analogy of, of uh, the Brotherhood as in, like, we kind of joked about it, keeping the band together, you know, or the band just got back together after a big breakup. It really does resonate, you know, especially uh, later on in this episode when they get back to the quarters and they're sort of looking at the, the mission board etched in the wall and crosshair with his line about all those missions together and you threw it away yeah no yeah he's bitter too like yeah yeah he's like a he, jilted ex-lover i don't know uh, you were saying your notes are loose today so i i was just i was something just popped into my head that's in the episode but i found the the, the choice to put hunter and crosshair in the same tube during the escape yeah instead of hunter okay. with omega and crosshair by himself very yeah. interesting you know, I guess I, it's just to set up the rescue, right? I guess so. I kind of wondered, though, if it was, you know, this was a direct a direct poke at the, the leadership thing, right? Because, I mean, as a leader, he doesn't want to put, Hunter doesn't want to put the rest of his brothers in danger. Yeah. So it makes sense for him, you know, I'll keep Crosshair with me because if something yeah. happens, you know, you guys have a better chance of, of taking care of it or me or the situation. Yeah. I, I agree with that from a soldier standpoint. Yeah. But what I... I find it out of character for Hunter that we've seen for these 15 episodes. Right. That he's not with Omega. That's true, too. I did. I found myself having just end. got her back. Just, just. Got yeah, her back. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right? When they uh, pull her out of the drink, uh, per se, and she's crouched down in the bottom of the, the canoe tube uh, with them. And it to me, again, it's kind of dark. But does she not like lean in and like really prolongedly hug him at the waist? Yeah. Kind of deal. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that whole. It's almost, <laughs> maybe it's me and it's because I'm an adult, but sometimes I find that that aspect of the relationship is almost creepy, especially now that she's she's come right out and referred to them as a brother, but she still treats them like a father. And I know yeah. that, you know, and, siblings, well, siblings there's can a lot, raise yeah, siblings. It's very complex because then she has this overall mothering. That's right. And then there yeah. was one line, there was actually a line uh, from her in this that I, I was like, uh, does she not remember the last 15 episodes like I do? Because she gets cut off from the group yeah, yeah, and she yeah. says, 
Hunter, I'm trapped. Echo, Tech. Anybody. Help me. Yeah, yeah, Wrecker? yeah. Wrecker? Yeah. Why, why is Wrecker last? <laughs> why Why isn't her Mantel Mix buddy that they've been robbing? Her, you know, know. Her, yeah, her yeah. best buddy. Why isn't he first? I was just like, that seems out of character for, I don't for know. Omega. Anyway, semantics. Do you think, so like, let's just stick with that for a second because earlier in the episode, wow, this, we're really off format today, but hey. Um, do you think it's because she was privy to the conversation that they'd had below about Wrecker being angry with him and, uh, the line, uh, crosser something on your small mind Wrecker. And, and he goes off, he's like all those things, all that time. And you never even tried to come back. And then his no, tone, it's... his tone completely softens and it's almost sorrowful when he says, well, we would have taken you back. Do you think yeah. that that kind of, you know, if you're a, if you're a little kid and I mean, I've struggled with real personal relationships in my life and I never wanted to be second best. If I was wanting to do something with my friends and I got, Oh, maybe. And then they went and did something else with another one of our friends. Yeah. It took me a long time to understand that I was never, I wasn't good enough. And so I could see from where a, a young child, a, a, a adolescent like Omega would hear mm-hmm. something like that. And suddenly she's not the, the best friend anymore. I mean, I mean, that's that's entirely possible. She has been the sort of trumpet of like, we'll take him back no matter what. Though. She has been. Yeah. She, you know what I mean? Uh, it's it's probably nuanced. I, I would I would think that that would have a small amount to do with it. And sure. certainly if that's if it's written that way, uh, kudos to the writer. Yeah. 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 All right. You want to get into the episode? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's Story do it. Guys. No problem. I just I love the uh, the conversation. I love where it goes. And and like uh, like the season has been unpredictable <laughs> you can't chain us <laughs> all right the episode opens uh with a shot of admiral rampart standing on the bridge of his star destroyer the familiar sound of that imperial klaxon can be heard ringing as a trio of ships pound to Poka city with their turbo laser cannons it's very tarkin-esque very vader-esque mm-hmm. uh, you know very, very sort Agreed, of stock yeah. imperial officer or high command guy. It's a, it's a, it's a nice shot. It's all, it, it, it remains a nice shot. And if we we talk about legacy lines, yeah, this is a legacy, a legacy uh, visual. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's totally true. A little thing about the, I'm going to get to it in a minute. When, uh, but I'll still maybe talk about it now. Uh, last week we questioned about, you know, did we think there were? I'd said, did you think there's only? Is there like six star destroyers? And there's a line from Rampart when afterwards when the city's done and he's like, okay, rejoin the fleet. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe mm-hmm. there were three in orbit and three in atmosphere. And they I were mean, just kind of running around, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. stomping I mean, cities. There been, yeah, there could have been th- – uh, at the end, was there six pulling away? There isn't. There's You just see the three pulling away from the right, atmosphere. From Topoka, but I sort of got the impression that there might have been three per city. That even might be something just, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean – Again, we're skipping around, but when they're floating on the water near towards the very end, yeah. just before they get to the, uh, you can see Topoka City in the fore, like you know, it's the background, but it's the forward background. Yep. And there's another city off in the distance. <laughs> I funny thought you that should too. say that. Yeah. yeah I man. thought okay, because yeah, like there is a line where he says all the cities are underwater. That is right. true. That's like, right. okay. Yeah, how many cities were yeah, on how many were there? on Camino? Right. Right. So it's safe uh, to population say population of a billion, according to Wikipedia. Right. So safe to say that there probably were more than more than three. So like six <laughs> might even be a conservative estimate. Mm. All right. So meanwhile, in the city below, the Bad Batch frantically search for any bastion of safety. The corridor around them is collapsing and it's all they can do 
uh, to avoid the falling debris. And that's a, a shot of Topoka City, well inflamed. It looks like uh, smog from Lord of the Rings. A little bit. Funny, I just if watched that last eyes. night. If you blur your eyes. <laughs> Still hiding in the gold pile. Yeah. All right. Unrelenting, the Star Destroyers uh, continue their barrage on the city. An explosion uh, rings out, knocking the clones to the floor. But as they try to gather themselves, the damaged stilts collapse under the enormous weight of the city, and the entire structure lists to one side while the group begins to slide down the corridor. With the, They're so good at physics. Yeah. They're so good at physics now. Yeah. Um, like, we're, we're watching a cartoon, and we... I mean, you gotta think even back when they were doing CGI movies that had big, you know, scenes like this, like, it, it, and everything was clunky, and this, hard to see, I'll, I'll grant it, but the physics, it, it actually is beautiful. Watching gonna, a big TV, turn the brightness way up, and I'm turn gonna, all the lights off. I'm gonna burst that bubble a little bit. There's one part, a couple of parts where, like, you talk about physics, like real-world physics, and I kind of went, mm. uh... It was it was passable when they were trying to wedge the door open to get her out, but the amount of pressure on the door from the water, it's probably not possible. Yes. And more no. so to her popping the door off her tube underwater, under several meters of water. Mm -hmm. uh, it, like, you'd be near, like, without some <clears throat> sort of explosive. It would have to be something, like, explosive. Yeah, 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 just not possible. Sorry about that. I was just referring to sort of the physics of the thing collapsing. Oh, that, and, and that aspect water. of it looked great. I said to Andy yesterday, I was watching it, like, Again, like the the palette, this is the worst palette, you know, in the episode, this episode is the worst palette of the entire season. It's really difficult right. to see, but the the stuff that you can see, the stuff that's brighter, like how hot was that fire that even submerged underwater parts of the right. city were still like glowing red hot. Glowing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, perfect. And, uh, you know, to devil's advocate, I guess, being the darkest episode of the season, right? You know, thematically, yep. I would have preferred to see, you know, maybe ten percent more. But yeah, um, no, I agree. Fit, especially I agree. with what happens at the very end, which is strange to me. We'll talk about okay. that at the very end. Mm -hmm. So, with uh, Topoka City in the throes of death, the few remaining systems carry out their final processes, including the sealing of automated bulkheads. And uh, we get a shot here of. Uh, Omega's on sort of one side of the, the corridor, and Hunter's kind of laying there looking back at her as the door slams shut. The Titanic is going down. Yeah, very much so. On opposite sides of a doorway, a nervous Omega stares at Hunter under the light of her torch as the bulkhead slams shut, separating them. Meanwhile, back on the bridge of the Star Destroyer, a clone trooper reports to Admiral Rampart that all the facilities at Topoka City have fallen into the sea. Does he not say all the cities on Camino have fallen into the sea, though? Uh, I think on this, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure that's the line is all facilities. Fair enough. So there he is giving this, uh, you know, this report to Rampart. And I find this part really interesting. So, again, talking about the nuance of the show, this clone trooper, did you catch the cadence in his voice, how it was kind of yeah. bro broken? And he was like, oh, yeah, he was upset about what was happening. He's like, why are we doing this? Right. Also, uh, the entire bridge crew of clones still. They are still, yep. Yeah. yeah. And I find it very, you know, uh, also a lot more clones at the end, too. Uh, yes. <laughs> very specific clones at the end. <laughs> Satisfied with the outcome of the barrage, Admiral Rampart gives the order for the three Star Destroyers to rendezvous with the rest of the fleet. 
And uh, as we just discussed, uh, there must have been more than three ships there to uh, take right. out an entire planet. Right. A fleet is, you know, assumedly. I have no idea. Well, to be yeah. honest, not 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 not, not uh, rise a Skywalker fleet or anything, but I mean, <laughs> an Independence Day size an armada, ten plus. I mean, you know, yeah, an Independence Day fleet. Yeah, yeah, where they yeah, just yeah. go city to city to city. And I guess annihilate yeah. and move on. You think it, that would give a spacefaring race time to get off world? You would hope, but so. maybe their the object is to destroy the infrastructure. I guess so. Yeah, because there is a yeah. severe lack of Kaminoan bodies in this. That's true. That's like super, super true. Yeah. Mm. Apparently, the uh, Empire in the early days were self cleaning. Apparently. <laughs> All right. I thought I might have seen a couple floating in the water. But yeah, really. Thought, you know, probably dark. Like, I mean, not you know, thematically, it's probably yeah, dark. yeah, yeah, yeah. In a sealed compartment in the city below, the droid AZ3 reboots his systems and begins to survey his immediate surroundings. He, along with Omega and Crosshair, <clears> are on one side of the sealed bulkhead. And the compartment is filling with water. Still unconscious from being stunned, Crosshair is trapped under a large piece of debris. There he is, kind of nestled in under there. And I actually thought for a second, oh, he's dead. And I thought, no, that's just too easy to, to kill him off this early in the episode. Yeah. Well, this is his bookend moment. This is the front end of his and that's right. you, Omega's book. Yeah, this is the, uh, the tit for tat. This, is, this would be the, is this the tit or the tat? I don't know. Is that, did I just say something dirty? Maybe, oh, but tick comes Sorry. first. Right. Then you get He's the tat. He's a child. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Omega tries to lift the debris off of Crosshair, but it's just too heavy. So pulling out her comlink, she desperately calls out to the batch, telling them that the compartment is flooded and Crosshair is trapped. Hunter orders Tech to get the door open. With the damage to the city and power wildly fluctuating, he informs him that he can't do it from here. But that doesn't stop Wrecker, who uh, dashes forward exclaiming, I can, as he drives his vibro knife like a wedge between the door panels and begins to lever them open. Meanwhile, in the flooded compartment, the water level continues to rise until only Crosshair's head remains above the surface. Omega then dives beneath the surface, trying to pull the debris off of Crosshair, but it won't budge. And, uh, yeah, she, uh, she gives it an honest effort, I mean... She does a lot in this episode underwater, by the way. Just want to put that there. Yeah. yeah, you know what? It makes you wonder if how Kaminoan is she? Well, she's used to a water planet. Well, she's used to a water planet, certainly. She can swim. Yeah. It's not like she can't swim. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. Returning to the surface, Omega sees a crosshair struggling to keep his head above water. With time running out, she orders AZ-3 to try and lift the debris using his boosters while she blasts it with her energy bow. And uh, yeah, it took me a while to get that one, but she puts like two or three rounds into it. Two, actually. With uh, mm -hmm. two well-placed shots, Omega slices the debris in half, and that's enough for AZ to free Crosshair. Once again, Omega dives beneath the water and pulls him uh, back to the surface. So th this is a perfect example of... Uh, Super dark? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a thing here where once she's pulled him above water, he kind of throws her off. Like, yeah, because now he's, he start, he's, he's, he's now, well, of course he's gagging like, eh, eh, eh. yeah, perhaps now I could, I just thought something just hit me. You know how you're saying he's this, but he's veering yeah, very yeah, rapidly yeah. back and forth through that. Maybe his chip is malfunctioning. It's like, possible. maybe he's going good guy, bad guy, good guy, bad guy, because he's having like, 
it could you know some kind of psychotic you know because he's you rescued me get off me right thank you right right yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah i'll yeah. save you i hate you maybe maybe there's something deeper going on there maybe maybe he's got some serious brain damage well you know like you talk about you know the what's the, the colloquialism like oh you really must hate yourself you know that that mm. could like genuinely apply to this guy yeah. like he yeah, really does hate do. himself yeah, yeah well, he's definitely people. got enough head trauma to well be a candidate for brain that, damage yeah, yeah. and you got to think like uh and they don't really address it they sort of started to address it with echo at the beginning of the uh, the se- season but all these guys must have incredible amounts of uh, of battle fatigue and and ptsd and all these other things like that would affect you mentally no the yeah. other characters seem to be wearing it better but uh, Crosshair yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. doesn't. Yeah, I mean, there's this whole thing about resilience, right? And, uh, you know, quite literally, glass half empty, glass half full kind of thing. And uh, how important it is in the course of human development, this whole nature versus nurture thing. I mean, the more... See, mental resilience is just not something that's taught, but it but it can no. be. It can mm. be. And the, and the problem is... A lot of people who suffer with stuff like post-traumatic stress and and uh, and other stress injuries is that their their resilience just just isn't there, and it's not their fault. But it's interesting how these four what four or five guys four guys five guys five guys four can't include Echo because he wasn't originally part of the okay four so the, right, these right. four guys who have ostensibly lived their entire lives together in close quarters they've had all these shared experience how these 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 four guys these clones. So genetically, genetically speaking, they're the same, the same roadmap, how each one of those, even though they've had similar experiences, how they're mentally processing it, that it's, it's still, you know, as much as they're clones, they're still individuals, right? All right. With the uh, compartment almost completely flooded, Omega turns her attention back to the sealed door. With uh, Wrecker's vibroblade uh, stuck between the door panels, she's able to get a finger hold on the door, and she pulls hard, trying to slide it open. On the other side, Wrecker and Tech continue to pull at the door until water finally begins to uh, to seep through, and eventually they're able to open it enough that Omega, AZ3, and Crosshair slide through, spilling onto the floor. Wrecker catches Omega when she pops out. Oh, you I missed that. that. I it's missed really that. It's really dark. Was... He, he, he one-hands her like a, like a hockey goal. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. You can actually kind of see it a little. Yeah, Wrecker catches her. So Crosshair gets to his feet, and, uh, you know, the Bad Batch are finally reunited. So just before we go any further, though, yeah. uh, this is one of your physics points. Right. But I'm going to say this is a mirroring, again, of, of? that original four-episode arc. In which sense? In that when we first meet Wrecker, yep. he's lifting a ship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He right? flips a whole, uh, a whole, a whole gunship. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. is it that far of a stretch well, to open so a water-pressured door? Again, we've talked about this guy. Like, how strong is he? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's certainly not beyond the realm of possibility. I just, I don't know. Because you look at it, normal no, it. normal level strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his little sister adrenaline rush well, is in no, danger. I, yeah, I got to give you that. You can't argue with yeah. that. So. And perhaps the physics of it, if you wanted to crack it down, is once you once you crack that, you're going to release some water some, pressure. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it, you're actually releasing it slowly right, by right. cracking it. Right. So maybe you're going to hit a tipping point where water pressure, it, ostensibly it's not the entire pressure of the ocean in that. No, room, no. I mean, point. we still have but partially sealed. <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? Partially. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> 
Okay, I'm just yeah, gonna drop but, it right now. I mean, now. <laughs> perhaps you know, as the as the pressure eases, perhaps then boom, there's a there's a flood. Sure, sure, that a, explosive decompression almost. Yeah, right. but I'm thinking if you're gonna get that, I mean, why didn't they just blow the doors right off? But there, see, then again, mm-hmm. now I'm just I'm mixing my I'm mixing my uh, I'm just mixing yeah. my space fantasy with with real physics here, and it just yeah, doesn't yeah. work. Well, we're talking about a doesn't. universe with laser swords and, and space and at the end, they, here. they managed to push the doors closed again. Yeah, I know. Right, you know, so. You know, all credibility went out the uh, out the door with space wizards and laser swords. Well, to go against <laughs> yeah, your space yeah, physics, we'll there you don't want to blow the door open. That place is unstable. No, this one. Suspend your disbelief. Oh man, we there could a, we could have a whole show on uh, space wizards and and phys- <laughs> Star Wars physics. <laughs> space wizard yeah. physics. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, sorry, we're really Watch getting off in the weeds over here. A tie fighter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tech interjects that uh, what is left of the city is sinking, and they don't have time for this. Oh, sorry, I just skipped a whole line. Sorry, sorry this is, like, majorly important stuff. Crosshair gets to his feet, and the Bad Batch are reunited. With disdain in his voice, Crosshair asks Hunter, what have you done? And he tells him that, uh, or, Cross, or sorry, Hunter tells him, it's the Empire that's destroyed the city, and they weren't going to leave him behind. But Tech interjects that uh, what's left of the city is sinking and they don't have time for this. They right. need to get to the surface. So this is a kind of a cool point because this is sort of the, uh, I, was, I was thinking that there wasn't much action in the episode. There was still, because we were talking about, are we going to get a land battle, a space battle? Well, we did get a battle of sorts. We got the verbal assault. And uh, this is the opening salvo between these two characters. And uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the battle will continue as we, as we go along. It's the so. first time I seriously noticed that tech doesn't use contractions. Oh, really? And I never noticed it before, but now, I mean, Echo is the sort of physical droid. Yep. But without Echo there, tech is the droid of the crew. Oh, yeah, and of I course. I didn't notice that he doesn't use contractions a lot like C-3PO. Right, right, right. Will not, not won't and can't. Right, right. Kind of neat. So before turning away, uh, Hunter says to Crosshair, if you want to stay here and die, that's your call. Uh, and then he and the rest of the batch run off in search of a way out. Uh, pausing for just a moment to consider his options, Crosshair realizes that his best chance for survival is to stay with his brothers. And so he runs off to uh, to catch up. Moving through the corridors of uh, Topoka City, Omega pauses to look down at one of the cloning chambers. Slowly, uh, the rings of cloning pods are destroyed as the water level rises, consuming them. And, uh, you know, familiar shot here. We've seen these rooms before, uh, but last week we saw yeah. the contrasting shot, Andy, of uh, what it was like in the heyday with the uh, cloners running around. Every tube was full against that mm. uh, image of their uh, their empty. But, man, you can see the water level rising there in the pods, almost like uh, you ever uh, you ever thrown a you ever like smashed a light bulb on purpose? A little bit. You know, uh, they yeah. kind of they kind of. Mm-hmm. You kind of get that uh, same sort of effect pop, pop. here. Yeah. The, as There's uh, something else going on here. And now that I'm looking at that that screenshot, sorry for the people no, not no, watching good. visuals, but there's power to those units. Yeah. There's the still station lit. where the power is out. Yeah. The whole power thing is a bit of a conundrum because like they've got backups to keep. So if if this ever did happen, because you got to figure on a world full of electrical storms, the power is going to go out once you in a would, while. You would yeah. think. You've got some kind of crazy generator backup going yeah. on there because. All five of those six, there's one in the foreground, are lit up, and then as they hit the water, there's a an electrical explosion, like a short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. The whole power thing is a bit of a conundrum, though, because, like, you know, in certain places there is, and then there isn't, and then they restore some, but it's it's temporary, and then... Yeah, power was a plot device. Yeah, it really was, especially when you see, like, the... the We've seen them before, like, in the, the Millennium Falcon, the top hatch, how that... The, the irising hatch, the... Psh, and it's like, wait, there's no power, but that thing just, like, psh, like mm-hmm. nobody's underneath that cranking right. that thing open. Cranking a wheel. <laughs> right, right, right. All right. Omega seems uh, lost in sorrow until uh, Wrecker lifts his helmet up to look down at her, and he he gently tells her, uh, we have to go. And it's a bit of a tender moment here, you know, for him to to sort of do that for her, you know, still being the big brother. Oh, yeah. The way that they treat her in this episode, like, kind of kid gloves, you know? Like, I think there's that sense of, like, because this is her home more than any of them, right? I mean, yeah. sure, they, they were based out of here, but, I mean, they they see it through the at the eyes of an adult, and she's still seeing it through the eyes of a child. Yeah. You know, uh, I also think that they've got more sort of galactic experience, you know? Absolutely. You're, you're a lot less likely to miss your home, and I mean, like, not, you're going to pine for it. Yeah. But you're a lot less likely to be super attached to the place you were born yeah. if you've been a thousand other places on the entire planet or galaxy. You know, I suppose you've so, this yeah, yeah. Breadth of experience. Perhaps you, you know, you long to return there once in a while, but right, right. it wouldn't be this like that's the only thing I've ever known. Which is, you know, why there's this crazy amount of culture shock when she goes and sees other. You know, the first time she landed on a planet that wasn't covered in water, there was the look on her face. Right. I think it's a nice contrast up against uh, some of the stuff we talked about last week, or or maybe it was the week before. But Hank, you had mentioned like maybe. You know, the, oh, yeah, last week because we were at Nalase's lab and, and you'd, you know, hypothesize maybe they did some bad things to her there. But, like, her mm. her emotional reaction to the uh, the death of the city, if I can call it that, is very much, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. sad. Like, yeah, no, 100%. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taking up flight once again, uh, the Bad Batch push uh, forward across a long gangway that spans the entire cloning lab that Omega was just looking at. <laughs> Okay, so Easter egg here. Did you guys notice that's the gangway that Obi Wan and um, Conway walked oh, down? Oh, I didn't know. Observing the clones for the very first time. I didn't. Yes, okay, yes, that's sir. really good. Man, I call myself a fan. I need to go back and rewatch this stuff. All right, as the city finally dips down below the ocean surface on its long descent to the bottom, the gangway begins to crack, and uh, the entire city itself lists to one side again. And the Bad Batch are once again forced into an uncontrollable slide. Debris rains down from above, and it's all anyone can do to grab hold of anything to keep from falling. Hard to see here, but, uh, you know, there's everybody sort of like, you know, make or break, grab onto anything that they can hold onto. A lot of torn shoulders in the group today. Andy, yep. you, you thought it reminded you of... Uh, this, yes, this vertical falling scene kind of yeah. reminds me of uh, <laughs> falling when the Rexes push the buses off in, uh, in the Lost uh, World. Lost World, uh, or, or, or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All I could hear was uh, Jeff Goldblum screaming, hang on to something. Hang on to something! Him and Vince Vaughn. Yes. All right. In the ensuing chaos, both uh, AZ-3 and uh, Hunter fall, uh, but AZ is caught by Omega... And Hunter manages to grab one of Crosshair's legs. After what seems like a a few seconds, Topoka City finally strikes the ocean floor, coming to rest horizontally on the bottom, and the Bad Batch are able to uh, get their footing. Alright, collecting themselves after the impact, Tech presumes that they are in fact on the ocean floor, and there's no accurate way to estimate the damage. 
At the same time, more water begins to find its way in, and the clones know that if they are to survive, they have to find a more structurally sound uh, compartment. So the one thing that this episode does really well, and uh, Andy, you kind of made the joke about the Titanic going down, and uh, it's true, you know, like Titanic or the Poseidon Adventure, this, they really do a good job of keeping the tension up that yeah, the, certainly. the yeah. environment itself is an adversary in this episode, right? Yeah. We may not be fighting each no, other. There's no time for them to breathe. Yeah, no, will, there isn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With a follow me, Tech and the Batch head off leaving Omega staring across here. This my man Tech has his leadership moment. Follow me. Yeah. I'm very proud of him for this. <laughs> he knows where to go. That's right. I do need that Tech action figure. Oh. I've been hunting that I need them all. Too. All right, so the two exchange uh, solemn glances uh, until Omega runs off with the rest of the group, leaving Crosshair alone. And uh, interesting how the, you know, I just, for there was a part of this scene where I just, I had to get it. It was a lot of, again, sort of exposition stuff going on here and uh, talk about the nuance, right? This is sort of the two of them kind of eyeballing each other, but I needed, mm-hmm. they kind of gave it to us from both angles mm-hmm. and... Uh, so here we have a shot of, uh, yeah. you know, from one angle. And you just the expression of the uh, the pity. two of these characters. Right. But then look at this, right? Yeah. They just don't and know where. Disdain. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, I don't even think it's disdain for her. I think it's disdain for the thoughts in his head. Right. Like like that he's he feels like obligated to protect her on some wholly other inside place. Well, you kind of nailed it when yeah. you say like alone with his thoughts, because that's exactly what I said. Uh, you know, for the second time this episode, Crosshair is now is left alone with his thoughts. And uh, we mm-hmm. don't we don't really know what he's thinking. But I mean, by the end of the no. episode, like that whole no. the, the clearly it's more conflicted. I don't know how I feel about this. He's been told now that the Empire fired on them with him still in there. So. Every single time he gives the character that he's, yeah. you know, even when the the tech line that's coming up and the wrecker line, even too, when he gives that hard look to the character, he turns away and he softens and turns. Yeah, they make, yeah, a, yeah. They make a point of his face going, you know, neutral or even. There's almost a. It's almost like a, again, it's that I hate myself. It's that shame, like you know, I, I, I you have this, uh, yeah, have no, an I emotional, have an emotional outburst, the, and then immediately feel shameful about it. Ugh. You know, it's mm-hmm. a it, it's a really tough place to be in. <laughs> uh, but, and, you know, and it's actually a lot of abusers do that to create Absolutely. shame in the people they're yeah, abusing. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can love somebody you. actually and gaslight that, themselves? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can, there's a there's an old saying. I can't remember what the quote is, but I, I used to write it on a poster and put it on all my apartment walls. I haven't done it in years because I'm I'm in a better place now. But I it, it always said be, beware. Yeah. yourself is right, trying right, to right. trick yourself oh it's true though it's totally true so just like the uh, the last time uh, he pauses for a moment and then uh, runs off to catch the group so in a twist of irony the bat batch find themselves in one of the few undamaged compartments left in the city and that just happens to be their former barracks so it's kind of cool that uh, wrecker revels at the sight of uh, their old mission board still etched into the wall but as Crosshair reflects on it, he once again launches into a verbal assault against Hunter. All those missions together, and you threw it away. No, but, and it's uh, exactly like what you said before, like the like the band getting back together. We had yeah, all these yeah, records. Yeah, yeah. We used to we used to sell out shows everywhere, and you guys, you know, from his perspective, yeah, you guys yeah, are the ones that 
I crapped on that. So exactly. he still remembers it fondly. Right, 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 right. So Hunter retorts that uh, they uh, made a choice, and then he sort of punctuates that by uh, saying, and so did you. <laughs> like a broken record, Crosshair mm. fires back with soldiers follow orders. But he doesn't say good soldiers No, no, he order. doesn't. Just, just, just soldiers. soldiers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's important that he drops that, too. But Hunter fires right back with, uh, and blind allegiance makes you a pawn, followed mm. by a real leader protects his squad. Right. So Taking this is... a shot at his former attempts to usurp the leadership of the group, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seething with disdain, Crosshair remarks, look where that's gotten you. He then glances around the rest of the room, adding that uh, they're all going to die because of your failed leadership. You know, and this is something that we've talked about, particularly in the last couple of, of episodes with since Crosshair sort of turned up again, is that, you know, these guys are like two sides of the same coin, like the whole vo- jockeying for a position or, or vying for the, the leadership role. Um, mm-hmm. But I couldn't help but notice that, you know, over the course of the uh, the season, like where I say, like, the opposite side of the coin, how many times have we seen Hunter go to, like, ex- like extraordinary lengths to save someone, to protect, to make sure that they're okay? That's and then right. you flip that around, and then there's Crosshair, who's murdering his own people. On his first mission out. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you can forget easily that, like, that the, the idea of clones was just a, a dropped mention in A New Hope in a yeah. conversation yeah, with yeah, Luke yeah. and Obi-Wan. And, and then you, you sort of can even forget that attack of the clones had that Genesis. And then you could forget that revenge of the Sith had, you know, the, all the clone, you know, like just armies of clones. And you could almost even, because so much time has passed. I don't mean we forget it, but right. The idea that there is a a huge clone war and we watched the, you know, eight or seven seasons of the show and that through lines carry through to rebels and this, and you're talking about 2008 with that beginning. So you're talking about 13, 14, 15 years since. Yeah. 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 It's easy to remember or forget that these aren't all the same person and right, that right. like it's the divergence in you know the, that's the, right the little yeah. mini divergence yeah 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 it's, yeah it's really to watch these people be individuals for 13 years it's easy to forget that they're ostensibly all the same guy right 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 man it's a you know what's a what's that movie that we talked about it before the the Shyamalan movie with all the multiple personalities. Oh, split. <laughs> yeah. 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 James a, McAvoy. You know, and now they're just, a, they're all just, each personality is disembodied in its own. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, uh, again, he's like, they're, uh, they're all going to die because of your failed leadership. But uh, from the other side of the room, you get this, uh, no, we're not. As Omega standing in front of a uh, giant window, points out that the city has actually come to rest on top of the secret tunnel that leads back to Nalase's private lab. And that means they can use it to get back to the Havoc Marauder. So ta- Avatar fan? Last Airbender fan? Uh, secret, secret tunnel. <laughs> secret tunnel. Anyway, I still have to finish sorry. watching that, and I probably oh, should. So I mean, as Filoni so worked good. on that. Man, it's good. Uh, Tech posits that accessing the tunnel will be challenging. Uh, but Echo insists that it's better than staying here. While Crosshair snides derisively, she's calling the shots now. And, uh, <laughs> it, you know, just again, this whole back and forth, you know, I, I'm i an asshole, but I'm conflicted about it. I, you know, I'm ashamed of myself, but, I, you know, I'm going to lash out. It just, mm-hmm. this is where, you know, you really get that sense of, I don't know if I like how he's being written. 
Yeah, the tech sort of nails it on the head real quick soon. So making their uh, uh, making their way through the barracks, the Bad Batch finally uh, find a suitable spot to uh, attempt to cut through the floor and uh, access the tunnel. And uh, we kind of get a shot here of uh, AZ with his little welder. God bless his little droid soul. I mean, uh, for someone who started off as a comic relief character, he sure does get some uh, heavy-duty spotlight this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the hero of the episode. Absolutely. Glad to see that they uh, they've kept him. Like uh, even though he's depowered at the end of the episode, and but Wrecker's kind of cradling him, and not yeah. you know not in a this is a broken piece of technology. It's like literally cradling a baby with his head yeah. up. So I thought something I never noticed cool. after like even five or ten episode they show him really really well in this episode. He's got C three PO's eyes. Yeah, I picked up on that too, and almost. So the other thing too is did. You get the Princess Leia bun kind of thing going on with the sides of his head? <laughs> a little bit I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so Tech informs the group that with a uh, precise weld to maintain an airtight seal, it might work. So having successfully cut through the floor into the tunnel below, AZ floats down to investigate. And uh, after a short recon, he comes back to the hole, and uh, he kind of looks up at everybody and gives the all-clear. The Bad Batch begin to make their way through the tunnel in single file. Crosshair brings up the rear, and uh, pausing to look up, he sees a crack uh, in the glass, and it's getting larger. <laughs> so there's the uh, the crack in the glass. Crosshair asserts that uh, they should go back. There has to be another way. But uh, AZ-3 says that is unwise, reasserting that the tunnel is still their best option. Angrily, Wrecker asks Crosshair if he's uh, done complaining, adding if it weren't for him, they wouldn't be in this situation in the first place. And like a true bully, Crosshair retorts, something on your small mind, Wrecker? Still angry, Wrecker exclaims, all that time you didn't even try to come back. And, uh, you know, this is, we talked about this just a few minutes ago, and then immediately has this, like, tonal change, and he's like, you know, the, in this forlorn way, he kind of stares. He doesn't even look at Crosshair, can't even look him in the eye. He stares at the floor and says, mm-hmm. oh, we still would have taken you. There's an unwritten flip side to this, though. Yeah. They never once went after him. That's, they went after that is Hunter. true. They went after Tech. They went after uh, a clone they didn't know. Uh, they went after Omega twice. Yeah. And none of those were for money. <laughs> yeah. You know, they went after a lot of things for money, too. Um they never, that's the flip side of that conversation is maybe that's why actually record looks at the floor. It's because we would have taken you back, but they never lifted a finger to try to rescue Crosshair. No, I and suppose that is true. Yeah. And that has to be playing on his mind. That's, you know, yeah. This episode of Fandom Power is brought to you in part by CollectorsPlatoon.ca. CollectorsPlatoon.ca, organizers of the annual Toronto Collectors Platoon Toy Show. Check out CollectorsPlatoon.ca the Canadian home of Ian's Display Accessories, specializing in action figure stands for figures of all scales. Visit collectorsplatoon.ca today. So, at this point, Tech interjects, uh, telling Wrecker, let it go, adding that uh, Crosshair has always been severe and unyielding, that it's in his nature, and neither Wrecker nor Crosshair can change that. So, and I think that's a... That's also, um, that's a kidney punch to Crosshair. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's got that kind of A-type personality. Don't tell me what I can't do. And well, you might find a little snide comment like that, or uh, not even snide, a perfectly honest, accurate comment like that right. might cause him to introspect even more. I think that uh, coming from anybody else, it wouldn't have the same weight. But because Tech is so literal in everything he says, you know, mm-hmm. to, to Tech, he's just being analytical in what he says, but That's right. maybe doesn't understand that it's having this emotional, like you say, gut punch. Well, and he's crosshair, also, yeah. and, and from Crosshair's respect, he's tech is never wrong, very rarely wrong. That's right, yeah, yeah. And Cal, you know, he's he's analyzed what he's about to say from all the angles, like it's right, a very right. precise answer. And I think that that is a like like you say, like a gut punch to to you know the other the other gut end, punch to his head. Yeah, the other part for this for tech, and it's sort of you know. Andy, we talked about this yesterday when I was you came in to visit when I was writing the notes and we talked about this scene specifically. And so at this point, Crosshair says, why are you defending me? And Tech bluntly tells him, I am not understanding Mm -hmm. you does not mean I agree with you. And we both kind of agreed that, you know, this was as close as we were going to get to an emotional tech. Yeah. To basically to throw a a metaphorical F you out there, which is kind of what that is. Right. So in a way, I think Tech was kind of going for a gut punch there. Like You think he was intentionally trying to rile him? Well, or at least put him in his place. I think so, too. You know, like yeah. again, it's that whole, you, you made type, your choice. His personality is also, uh, like, he's got no filter, like we've talked about. No, he uh, does not. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. You don't, a person without a filter doesn't consider the, you know, how the, the, what I'm about to say is going to make that other person feel. Right, so, right. It's, you know, it's 50-50 for me. It's yeah, 50, for sure. It's 50-50 whether it was on purpose. But I think that the, regardless of whether he did it on purpose or whether he didn't, uh, it, it is an emotional gut punch yep. to, to yep. Crosshair. I think it's going to weigh uh, if the writers, you know, take the take the ball and run with it. That's part of what's going to weigh on him is them all individually approaching him and going, uh, right. this is how it hurt me. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is how it, but we can't forget, though, we've got to harp on it again, we can't forget that they abandoned him as much as he abandoned them. No, you're absolutely right. And I mean, that's a, that's a kind of baggage that hangs on for years, like abandonment issues. And, like, And I said it last episode, the difference being they all had each other. And he right, had and he had all. himself, yeah. So I actually sympathize a little bit. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I don't know if everybody kind of gets it to the, the same level, though. Like, I mean, the casual viewer may not may not pick up on that, but certainly That's like... we're here! Well... <laughs> <laughs> one more reason to listen to our show. <laughs> well, here's one more point for you. He didn't have sweet fuck all. He thought he had the empire yes. to lean into his, his military to his missions yeah, yeah. and continue on that way. But I'm thinking going forward, right. he's going to find out that that wasn't there at all. You bring up a good point too, Andy, because we've talked about the, you know, uh, last week we talked about the brotherhood and, and crosshair trying to convert the bad batch over like come with me and and sort of get the band back together but as you say he had the empire and and even his dialogue suggest he's not necessarily yes he has the empire but it's more he has the ideology and i think he's trying to convince himself that that is the like their ideology is right, his ideology right. yeah right yeah, right yeah. i agree with that i absolutely agree with that and i think that's why he's t- trying to say i could stake a personal claim in the galaxy yeah 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 them. Right. Because that's their ideology. So as the batch uh, continues down the tunnel, Omega surveys her surroundings by the light of her torch. 
Seeing several cracks in the glass, she asserts to uh, AZ that uh, this can't be safe. But AZ reassures her that, uh, barring any further complications, the tunnel is a viable means of transportation. At this point, Hunter pipes up and says, uh, let's keep moving. Which, I just have to interject here for a second. That is such a, a typical like leadership thing to do when because idle minds make for like horrible horrible uh people right like if you're if your troops are suffering you want to keep them motivated and you want to keep them on task and i think that's exactly you know from just from a simplistic from a military perspective that's what he's doing here let's keep moving Mm because that's the task at hand yeah yeah Yeah, it happens all the time at work uh you got to just keep people yep don't don't worry about the small things let's concentrate on this that's right yeah yeah so a short distance uh, a short distance down the tunnel, the group stops because of an ominous sound outside, and uh, I just love this shot of everybody's, huh, with their flashlights looking yeah. out the That's window. another kind of Jurassic Park-looking scene, too. It Andy, is. what did you say, reminiscent of uh, the Meg? Yes. The Meg. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they're yeah, staring yeah. out the window. What's going on out there? Kind of Turn your lights off, kids. Yeah, on. yeah. At this point, uh, Hunter exclaims, I think we've got a problem. Omega nervously asks AZ-3 if the tunnels are protected, and the little droid replies, only when the power is operational, which it is not. Suddenly, a giant sea creature uh, charges the tunnel. You don't get a really good look at it here. I did my best to sort of uh, get mm. what it was. You get this sort of gaping. I Zillow Beast uh, sort of uh, vibes the first time I watched it, because I watched it on my phone like 4.30 in the morning. But Big gaping uh, maw. Yeah. Upon watching it on a big screen TV, I think it was sort of something similar to a, like a dinosaur style turtle. I tried to uh, yesterday, I tried to look up sort of like sea creatures of Star Wars and then it's like sea creatures of Camino, And there was some kind of like eel that came up that I thought nah, maybe. But this thing clearly has like fins, like flippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I noticed uh, a hard shell on it, too. A big hard shell on its back. I think the best thing that I can equate it to is sort of the... Uh, the mosasaurus sort of as it was pictured in the in the jurassic park film so yeah i I definitely give it a dinosaur quality Hmm. the unnamed creature is reminiscent of a prehistoric mosasaurus and the batch make a run for it and man i i giggled at this scene because it reminded me of of uh (laughs) scooby-doo as they're like running from the the ghosts All right. As they're running, though, Omega trips, and we she get does. yet another nod to a Jurassic Park. Uh, we do, and uh, it uh, kind of looks like uh, this one. Yeah, it mirrors the... Uh... Smacks her face into the glass, and as it's cracking underneath her... Yep. Outside, uh, the sea creature uh, keeps pace with the batch, following them down the length of the tunnel until the tunnel turns upward at a 90-degree elbow. With the batch now out of sight, the sea creature strikes the tunnel, clamping down with its powerful jaws, causing more water to pour in. Uh, At this point, uh, AZ-3 finds a scomp port and is able to jack in and frantically tries to restore what power there is to the tunnel. Suddenly, uh, the tunnel lights up and uh, with what little power is left, the sea creature is shocked uh, at the mouth, causing it to let go and it slinks away into the deep and that's probably the best look we're going to get at the thing so with the sea creature uh, no longer posing a threat the batch uh, turned their attention back to climbing out of the tunnel and this is where i say like this whole power thing as you say it's a plot device because uh, they climb through that irising hatch that just 
opened. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> and uh, they pulled themselves up out of the tunnel, and Hunter asks, what is this place? And Tech uh, explains that it is, in fact, Nalase's private lab. He then goes on to uh, relate to the group that, uh, according to Omega, this is where the, uh, the Batch's uh, mutations were enhanced. And when Crosshair questions, how would she know that? Tech responds, because she was there. Fully revealing that Omega was in fact created before them and is technically older than they are. I kind of got sort of like, huh? Because I'm like, where was Hunter last episode when they were there? He was he in was, shackles. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he needed, it's for his benefit. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, yes. hell, we already know that. Uh, yeah. And I'm surprised that they waited until now to uh, to tell him that. But it, it makes sense, you know, from the yeah. from a visual standpoint anyway. I'm not so upset with them doubling down on that in terms of that. When you when you put it that way, yeah, no, it no. is all new information. It is for him, yeah, yeah. And in the grand scheme of things, it's only been like minutes since they were over on the cloning platform. Uh, that's true. Yeah, robots. Robots. That's super true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Surveying the uh, the lab, the batch find uh, the exit to the tunnel leading back to the surface, only to discover that the tunnel is destroyed. So as the uh, as the uh, clones search the lab for any means of escape, Omega notices that uh, AZ-3's head is beginning to droop. Asking him uh, what's wrong, the little droid uh, apologizes, stating that his power cell is uh, depleting. And that's important. That's a huge uh, plot point uh, going forward here, because uh, that, you know, again, time is of the essence, and so is his power. Mm -hmm. At this point, uh, Echo reports that uh, long-range communications are down, and their oxygen supply will be gone in just a couple of hours. And, uh, of course, Crosshair, who can't uh, help himself, can't help but pick the low-hanging fruit here, shoots a sideways glance at Omega and exclaims that uh, this is what happens uh, when you let a kid call the shots. And uh, it was a hard one to get because it's a panning shot with the camera, but there's a moment there where they're both in frame, and, I mean, like, he's shooting daggers at her, and she's got this, like, totally sheepish, like, huh? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and that's her moment of going, oh, well, did I, is it my fault? Like, uh, child, yeah, child, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole life of filters to put on top of that. So, you, right. you, you know, if you tell them it's raining because God is angry at you, that's what they're going to believe. Right, right, right. So, it's uh, Hunter here that quickly points out uh, that the kid just saved your life, unlike the Empire that left you for dead. Crosshair says, that's your problem, Hunter. You take everything too personally. And, and uh, I mean, that could be a defense mechanism. Yeah, very much so. Again, right, though, it's part of that whole, uh, my God, these two just go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. 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 When Hunter points out that the Empire destroyed an entire city, Crosshair dismisses it as the Empire did what had to be done, adding that the Empire is going to control the entire galaxy, and he's going to be part of it. Yeah, that's the line. That is. Crosshair asserts to Hunter, you've made the wrong choice. But Hunter retorts, don't fool yourself. All you'll ever be to them is a number. Absolutely. And it's not like they're already, it's not like they're not already numbered. Mm-hmm. You know, CT9904. <laughs> that's right. All right. Crosshair walks away from Hunter and uh, sits down in front of a large window, kind of head in his hands. And this is, again, you know, he says the, has the emotional outburst and then immediately beats himself up internally over it. 
sitting down in front of a large window. Omega tries to talk to him, and Crosshair tells her to go away. She holds her ground figuratively, if not literally at this point, and uh, she ends up trying to talk to him. She says that uh, she understands, having spent most of her life uh, here in the lab alone. Alone, that is, until Clone Force 99 was created, and she says that that's why she was determined to find them again. Crosshair jibes at Omega that being a clone does not make her one of them. And in what might be one of the biggest reality checks of the entire season, Omega responds that she wanted to believe it was the inhibitor chip that made him the way he was, and that uh, she was wrong. It's a big uh, big moment for her, right, to uh, come to that conclusion, to go, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I believed in you. You are a, you are a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Tech was right. <laughs> it's true. So... Having uh, taken stock of what resources that they have left, uh, the Batch come to the conclusion that the only way out is to use the empty medical capsules like uh, mini escape pods and float their way out. But with no directional control and a large debris field just outside, there's no guarantee that they'll make it safely to the surface. But it's Crosshair who now pipes up and says, The droid can do it. Hunter asks AZ-3 if he can guide the capsules to the surface. Uh, and the droid replies that, barring any extraneous complications, I should be able to complete the task. Omega questions him about the dangers involved, but AZ assures her that her safety and well-being is his primary mission objectives. So, that's pretty cool, that uh, little droid adhering to his uh, primary programming, and it just happens to fall in line with where they're at. So, with the plan in place, the brothers set about to collect and position the uh, empty cloning tubes while Omega sets explosive charges against the window. And then, uh, (laughs) with AZ's power and time running short, the plan is set in motion, and uh, the charges are detonated, blowing out the glass. And it's Omega who pulls the trigger. She does, yeah. So talk about reuse of animation assets. Uh, The the detonator is the same animation model as the comlink. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. with, a, with a button on we it. We talk a minute about their placement in the tubes. I know we talked. Yeah, of course we can. This. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was very strange from, it's not, I I guess you could say it's a writing perspective, but for, as a character perspective, I think it's very strange that Hunter goes with Crosshair in the same tube and Omega goes solo. I understand that it's... Serves the episode. Further down the line, there's repercussions of that and they serve the story and move the plot forward yeah. in, in a dramatic fashion. But it's completely out of character for Hunter. And especially because he has lost her yep. and just got her back yep. in that weird hug we talked about. Yeah, yeah. It's completely out of character. The whole. Uh, and, I, and, and I know your explanation before was maybe he wants to keep an eye on Crosshair, but yeah, I, don't, I think does, so. Does that trump? Is that his way of keeping her safe? I don't know. It still feels out of character for him. It does to me as well. You know, I'm trying to shoehorn it into something that's that's conceivable and believable. And maybe, you know, that's sort of the, it's the same, it's the same space I was in. (laughs) I don't want to bring this up, but it's the same space I was in with uh, The Last Jedi, where like all the criticisms leveled at that, I kind of wrestled with them and kind of in my own headspace kind of came up, rationalized why it worked the way it does. And unfortunately for me, it's the same way in this episode too. Like my rationalization is, you know, he's just keeping, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. You know, I'm going to look after you because if you're with me, then the rest of them have a better chance at, you know, if something goes sideways. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, here, let me add to that. 
for the last three episodes, sure, sure, we've seen them treat Omega as proper backup. Yep, full on footing with the team, and it's continuing here. That's no, true. it really is true because not only it, do they give her the detonator, you know, they rely that you know you're going to get out, right, right, out. yeah, and it sets up her hero moment. So it does. Yeah, yeah, I guess it really does. Although, you know, it, if anything, I can understand Hunter uh, keeping Crosshair with him, but here's the thing that I did. And again, this is, again, plot armor and it serves the story, but it's like, if you're going to keep Crosshair with you, Hunter, why do you have his rifle on your backpack? <laughs> Throughout the whole time, he's carrying Hunter uh, Crosshair's sniper rifle. Because he picked it yeah, up in the last episode. The, why wouldn't you handed it off to somebody else so that he, if you want him, if you want him disarmed, truly disarmed, Give it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ostensibly Wrecker could carry. That's what I mean. Them. Yeah, all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and has. All right, but he goes out of his way to say these tubes are too small. Oh, I know. He's having a hard time fitting them, shoehorning himself into one. And they're like, "Oh, at least you don't have to double up." Double up, right? All right. So water quickly fills the lab, and Az deftly guides the tubes out into the debris field. Flitting between the capsules, Az is able to guide each one between the falling debris. But then. He's struck and momentarily stunned by a large piece of metal, finally regaining his composure after he has a little moment where his, his sort of power kind of fluctuates and he, his eyes kind of in and out. He uh, sees that the piece of metal has now uh, hit Omega's tube and it's now sinking back to the ocean floor. Get the impression that, the, uh, you know, uh, these aren't terribly deep seas. No, I kind of got that too. Mm-hmm. It's either that or the city... The city structure, because, I mean, it's such a pullback shot, right? We don't really get an, uh, we still don't really have an accurate sort of impression of how big that city is. But I suspect no. that the rate of descent was uh, uh, pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Okay, at the same time, okay, so he's going now after Omega. But at the same time, the other four tubes containing the brothers breach the surface, burning wreckage floats about them and one by one they open the tubes and begin to search for omega having caught up with her az3 uses his welder to cut the metal away freeing omega's tube but as he pushes it toward the surface the light of his eyes begins to fade and he runs out of power and uh, he lets go of the tube and starts to fall back towards uh, the bottom watching in horror as az drifts away omega radios in that she's going after him Taking a deep breath, she blows the hatch off her tube and she swims after the droid. Meanwhile, on the surface, a frantic hunter removes his helmet, scanning the water for uh, Omega's tube. Further below, Omega is able to grab hold of AZ, but it looks like the weight of the droid is too much for her to carry, and she can't really gain any altitude or uh, get back to the surface. She's kind of she's kind of holding her own there, but she's you know slowly kind of sinking back because he just weighs too much. Mm-hmm. Not seeing Omega's capsule breach the surface, Hunter decides he's going in after her. But the moment is fleeting, as Crosshair has retrieved his rifle and is now taking aim at the back of Hunter's head. And, I mean, he's got him dead to rights here. And uh, we get this moment where, like, hey, this could be the end here. Uh, You know, because I I honestly kept expecting someone was going to die. And I thought, well, this is one of the, you know, you want to have a major impact, this, this is one to do it. But at the same yeah, time, yeah. Omega down there, she's drowning. And that's true. The animation, like, she's got the twitch. Yeah, she's starting to uh, yeah. fight that, uh, you know, when you're holding your breath underwater and you, 
Yeah. You did that when you were a kid. Like, how long can you hold your breath? And then you're as you're trying to keep your mouth shut with Hunter dead to rights in his scope. Crosshair aims off and instead fires a grapple attaching itself to AZ's chest. And uh, he ends up pulling them both to the surface. The crosshair then surrenders the rifle to Wrecker <laughs> and then sits down uh, in the floating medical capsule and kind of, it's almost like he's uh, sulking, really. Uh, just as uh, Tech exclaims that uh, he's got a visual on the Marauder. So once again, that whole... He's presented with a choice. and I do something, you know, I almost killed him, then I saved him, and now I'm just, I'm, again, conflicted about it. But he's starting his redemption with saving a kid. Yeah, so this is where I'm like, okay, they really are going to go the the distance with this character, and they are going to try to uh, try to redeem him. All right, so having survived the destruction of Topoka City, the Bad Batch begin paddling their way through the burning wreckage, and uh, by the morning, they've reached the last remaining landing pad on Camino, which is a little bit uh, bizarre considering that the descriptive audio here says that they, they paddled sort of through the night, which really contrasts with Tech saying, I've got a visual on the Marauder. You do? Yeah, but you can see hand it? paddling. I, that's maybe what I mean. His, maybe through his binoculars, though. I guess so. Thermos. I didn't, and we know that those are really good binoculars. <laughs> they are. Can they see miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles away? Maybe. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is this is strange for me. Yeah. Well, you, you know, on an open ocean, you could see miles and miles, that and, is miles true. and miles away. That is true. Hence, so, no no smoking on the deck uh, at night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why is it sunny? It's the first. <laughs> yeah, we've we've never seen Camino with so, uh, this kind of for weather me, this before. Is thematically, very strange. Uh, we've only ever seen Camino uh, as a crazy, tumultuous yeah. rainstorm, storms, rainstorm, and... electrical storms, complete cloud cover, uh, and then always at night as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is um, it at night though, or is it just it's that dark uh, all the time because right, of the cloud cover? Right, that's yeah, a yeah, great yeah. question. But so for me, this symbolically here, we're getting a weird like I'm getting a weird vibe off this. Now that the Empire has cleansed the planet of the cloning technology right, and the right, Kaminoans, right, right. the sun is coming out. Isn't that's that almost, a that's almost, weird message, That's man? creepy. That's it's creepy. creepy. Yeah, 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 it is. It, I, it, like, it's <laughs> disturbing to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I don't know if it's subtle or if it, I, hmm. I looked at it like maybe that the storm is just like a roving thing, like how on, Like a big super storm that just keeps, it, it, never, keeps it never goes away, yeah, but it, it just, just moves around. it rotates the world. Like, oh, that's you know, entirely possible. Dark side yeah. of the moon becomes 200 degrees yeah, below, yeah, and yeah, it yeah, just yeah, rotates. Yeah. I get it, I get it. You so, know, that's entirely possible. And just but, coincidentally, every time we've been there, it just happened to be over Nighttime, Topoka. yeah. <laughs> I like that plot armor. <laughs> that works for yeah, me. It's, I guess it's better than the dark side of the force going, oh. Done good. (laughs) Something, something dark side. Okay. Standing atop of the pad, Omega and the Bad Batch stop to look at the cloud of black smoke off in the distance. And uh, the fleeting evidence that there ever was a city there. Because there is nothing left. Because you couldn't see that at night, probably. You know what? If nothing else, for sure. So we can actually appreciate the the destruction that's just happened. Because, I mean, I don't know if... uh, I wish I had a shot from last week uh, when they're standing there and they're looking. We can use the tube to get to Topoka City. And you see, right. you you do get a sense of like, there's a big city over there. And now that it's gone, it's like, do you even remember what it looked like in that frame? Because it's pretty much yeah. the same framing. 
Mm-hmm. Two things while we hold on this picture. You, you oh, yeah, see, sure. Uh, uh, you can see the other city possibly way off in the background there. I questioned uh, if that was another – Andy had said the same thing to me, and I questioned if that's another that's city. That's for me. It's the lightness of the smoke coming from that and oh, the same sort of Oh, right, right, right. That's yeah. the field thing for me that tells me that that's so far in the back. It's almost on the horizon. Now that you say it that other, way, yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing about this scene is, yeah, we got a visual on the Marauder because we can see the city from the, from the Marauder. I Why guess so, yeah, yeah. Marauder? I don't know, dark, yeah. burning wreckage, smoke, ash. I'm no, not no, sure. It's true. It's true. But if that was a, if it was daylight and that city were lit up and you would see it, you know what I mean? So I'm just saying they are within visual distance. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we're going to pl- poke holes, but then the thermal binoculars completely sealed the deal. So the moment is a, uh, it's a somber moment uh, for everyone, but more particularly for uh, Omega who, uh, I mean, look at that, the, the pain in her eyes there. I mean, the descriptive audio guy actually went so far as to say that she's crying. I mean, I, I didn't see yeah. tears from her, but I certainly accept that she's really broken up about this. That much Let's is clear. Let's also hold on, on this, this screenshot for a minute, too. Yep. Sorry if, again for Not the folks. Not at all. I'll, I'll try to describe it. The only two people looking at the city out of uh, the five are, are Crosshair and Omega. Yeah. Everybody else is, uh, is on task. Let's get oh, out yeah. of here. Yeah, yeah. All the other characters. The only ones looking at that city in any kind of introspective or forlorn way are Crosshair and Omega. If you go back and you watch this scene, Crosshair kind of notice that he's because he's standing uh, a little further back than everybody. And so, again, he's off by himself, even though he's in the frame. I mean, he's further back. And if you watch him, he really he looks away and he turns his head off like he's just in his own thoughts once again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At this point, Tech cautions that they should leave before Imperial scouts show up. Turning to Crosshair, Wrecker says, uh, "Are you coming?" And it's that same you know tone that he used back in the uh, uh, in, in the, the uh, in the tunnel when he said, "You know, we would have taken you." There was one more dad moment for Hunter here. Yeah. Uh, when they're climbing up out of the hole. Yeah. Uh, Hunter leans down and picks her up and pulls her on to the uh, oh right right very right, right. you know father to child like yeah yeah there's uh the thing I was talking about with uh look at the way Wrecker's cradling hazy yeah mm-hmm. got his sleeping baby so uh yeah with Wrecker he's like are you coming and uh, Crosshair he refuses uh, saying that nothing has changed and that he's made his decision so with Crosshair having made up his mind Hunter tells him. We may want different things, but that doesn't mean that we have to be enemies. Which is interesting because last week didn't didn't uh, Crosshair say don't don't, don't become, become my enemy. enemy, right? And are they still? Are they? You know, yeah. is that still up for discussion? Because I guess, yeah. I, Otherwise, I they're killing each other on the platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Hunter said last week, you know, we never were. That's right. We never That's were right. your enemy. It's almost right. like there's a rec- – I don't want to say a reconciliation. I suppose there is a reconciliation to some degree where it's like the characters individually are coming to terms with this is the the new reality going forward that maybe maybe they are enemies. So with that, the brothers begin boarding the Havoc Marauder until just Crosshair and Omega remain standing on the platform. Omega takes uh, one last look at the burning, uh, uh, the burning remains of Topoka City. And uh, she turns around and begins to run towards the ship. But uh, before she gets there to the boarding ramp, she actually turns back toward Crosshair and she thanks him for saving AZ-3. And Crosshair just coldly says, consider us even. 
Omega turns to walk away, but then she stops and she turns back. Full of sorrow, she tells him, You're still their brother, Crosshair. You're my brother, too. And although he flinches, Crosshair doesn't turn to look at her. Yeah, super powerful moment there. You know, the uh, for her, to, despite everything that's happened, and even in this episode, she's told him, you know, I thought it was the inhibitor chip, but I was wrong. She's still holding out for him, you know? Yeah, I've maintained the whole time that if there was going to be a redemption arc, that she would be the gateway. Yeah, yeah. It's her, it's her absolutely. like, you know, almost crystal clear Buddha nature. Uh, yeah. You know, her innocence, but coupled with optimism and all these other things that a child has. No, I agree. And I can't help but feel like as we get this shot of the Havoc Marauder uh, pulling away, leaving Crosshair standing on the platform, that uh, we are probably departing Camino for what is likely the last time. Like, we're probably, Ever. yeah, I mean, we're probably Ever. never going back here in the new Star Wars canon, at least not not in the course of this show. No. Maybe. Do you think? Uh, well, I, now that you say that, Andy, that Nala Say's lab is still under the water intact. Yes. Well, that's that brings up the point I made from last week. Did, did all the technology get taken away, and, like, what did survive? And so... And ostensibly, you don't need the tech if you have the science. I well, guess. technically, the lab is no longer in. They blew the wall. They blew the window out. They did blow the window out and uh, yeah, flooded the no, lab. Good point. Is yeah, any of that salvageable? I, Maybe I don't know. Who so knows? you could. Uh, it, it makes really good uh, role playing game fodder. Oh my you could gosh! All return yeah. there in a role playing game to try to dive yeah, for Nala yeah. lab to find that one little piece of information that sets us on an adventure. Yeah, I'm I'm game for that. And and, and in terms of that, I wouldn't mind exploring the planet. Post, post empire. Yeah, you know, yeah maybe yeah. after the empire, the Kaminoans come back. Who knows? Well, in the same fashion as in uh, Rise of Skywalker, where they have to return to the Death Star right. and look for that Sith wayfinder. Oh, right, right. Maybe Omega has knowledge of something that's hiding in the wreckage. Right, that we've got a doesn't matter a now, thing. but we could use an ancient knife that po- points to a possible future too. <laughs> there you go. Sense. Uh, <laughs> that's got a built-in compass. <laughs> Uh, that's what I gotta. I gotta write just while we're on that subject. Why that wasn't the uh, the the knife, the blade of Mortis of Mortis. Why that yeah. ball was dropped? I don't know. <laughs> so we get this uh, cool transition. We get a wipe shot here, which is uh, pretty uh, pretty prevalent across all of Star Wars, and we get a, a shot of a forested world that we've never seen before. And uh, in another part of the galaxy, an Imperial shuttle fight, uh, under fighter escort comes in to land at a mountain installation on an unknown forested planet. And I mean, mm-hmm. you can see the other mountains sort of in the background. Certainly the one on the left looks to have the same sort of uh, ridges yes. cut into it. They so, have I mean, terraformed the crap out of that. This thing. is a huge installation if this is all part yeah. of the same I don't know why. Maybe it's just Star Wars and the idea that the interiors are so immense and we have Death Stars. And st- I get the impression that there's they just didn't cut swaths into the mountain and put some... T- I get the impression that those mountains are empty and that there's an entire base inside. Them. I yep. get the same impression as well. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, how did you keep the... You know, when you're doing this sort of stuff on the down low, how do you, how do, you do it? You've, you've got to... How do you conceal that stuff from the, the, the galaxy at large? And I also got big Kashyyyk vibes. I got another vibe, and I'm going to bring it up after uh, in the post episode uh, discussion because it's uh, it could be pretty exciting, or it could mean nothing. But uh, 
Mm. My headcanon has already gone and connected some dots. And, and Andy and I had a discussion about this yesterday that uh, cool. is really like, oh, my. So as the uh, the shuttle lands, a, uh, a squad of Republic commandos, I guess I should technically say a squad of Imperial commandos is there to mm-hmm. uh, to meet it, showing that uh, there's still quite a few commandos left. More commandos in this than there ever has been before. And they have the the gray paint of the uh, of the the Camino, yeah. Uh, clone the shoulder, uh, yeah. Yeah. As the boarding ramp drops, we see that it's Nala Say, and she's under the guard of uh, two more uh, Imperial commandos. Stepping off the shuttle, she's greeted by a dark-haired medical officer, another new character that we've never seen before. And to point out, she's wearing the same uniform as Doctor Pershing in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It's a human woman we've never seen before, and she greets Nala Say, telling her, We're all admirers of your scientific talent. The Empire has big things planned for you. Not looking a lot unlike tech, actually. You're right, with the big uh, googly, goggly... Right, and all the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so, with no choice, Nala Say acquiesces and uh, follows the woman into the Imperial facility. Uh, the episode ends with a long shot of the Imperial shuttle sitting on the landing platform, and then uh, with a few a uh, few kind of tense uh, musical notes, it's a it's a straight cut to black, and uh, the episode and indeed season one of the Bad Batch comes to an end. Yes, it does. All right, now I'm going to go back up to this image for a minute because this is for me this is probably the biggest thing. The biggest, like, what of the episode is uh, this shot right here. Mm. So, last week we talked about where did the technology go, and we talked about legends and how the Emperor had a world where he sequestered all of the uh, fancy tech, like the Sun Crusher and all that stuff, and including cloning right. technology. Right. Is this Exegol? Maybe. Is this Exegol? And I know Exegol does not look like this in Rise of Skywalker, but Andy, you made a, uh, an ex- exceptionally valid point. This is how many, like what? 20, 20 uh, to 20 30 years It's about 30 prior? years, yeah. Mm-hmm. You what made, does it take to strip a planet of its resources of all of its resources turn it into a barren wasteland? And to me, that's a complete jaw-dropping, like, oh my god, the monolithic nature of that, uh, those mountains. And then I thought, I mean, yeah, the monolith in uh, Rise of Skywalker is kind of, uh, it's inverted and it's it's wider at the top than it is at the bottom. But it absolutely, uh, it it says this is an, a complete possibility that this may in fact be Exegol. So I'm very much looking forward to, uh, to seeing what... Uh, tidbits we get out of this uh, mm-hmm. going forward i had a thought what what planet do we find joris kaboth on uh in heir to the empire oh my lord um i don't even know because he's name. guarding a secret military cloning facility right right uh and we could be so close to thrawn now it's not funny bro that is also a possibility yeah no. i'll check i will look into that for after I can't remember the name of the planet that, that they find him on. They send Luke goes there to find yeah, him. Yeah, right? now that you mentioned it, I, I don't remember it either. It's been a long time since I've read that book. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's the episode, and that's the season. Uh, like you say, I think this episode works better 
probably would work better if you were watching it sort of uh, concurrently with part one. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, Andy, yesterday, this this episode felt like this could have been the first episode of season two. Yeah. You know, last episode was so dramatic and so. <clears throat> yeah. This I like a... it better after we talked about it. I do, too. I always find that uh, the, the discussion around the episode adds more depth. And so I'm able to to take a more measured look at sort of what uh, what it is. Mm. Last week, we talked about what's one uh, one plot uh, point, unresolved plot point we'd like to see resolved in the finale. And uh, sad to report that uh, we got nothing. <laughs> Not nothing. We got nothing. <laughs> Zero Boba Fett. <laughs> so every, every dangling oh, plot thread across season one is still dangling. <laughs> But that's it's okay. True. That's okay though. And to uh, to drill in on the one thought of how did they build this and keep it on the down low? Yep. Building into the planet's, you know, existing terrain. Yeah, underground. So from space, you're not going to see that much. No, you wouldn't. It's it worked for the uh, you know, it, it's an oversimplification, but it worked for the alliance on uh, Yavin 4. I mean, there was pre-existing infrastructure in the the Masase Temple. And uh, if as long as you keep your footprint minimal and you don't park every ship you own outside, yeah, uh, hey, it's just an abandoned uh, temple. There's a lot of imperial facilities we've seen over the course of everything. They're all built into stuff. They are, and you know they don't. They certainly didn't go out of their way. Well, by that time it's the first order, but I think of uh, Starkiller Base. We didn't go out of our way to hide that. No, <laughs> as we cut a giant <laughs> canyon into the into the uh, equator of the the planet. Yep. Yeah, uh, that planet I was talking about is called Wayland. Wayland, uh, that's it, right. It was it, they, they call it the Emperor's Secret Toy. Box. That's that's what I was trying to. Uh, yeah, so that's the the planet I was trying to describe uh, last week with all the the secret tech. Yes, and there is cloning. There is a cloning chamber there. All kinds of dark side crazy. Yeah, going on yeah, yeah, yeah. Legends. Yeah. So that would be an interesting. We know that uh, that uh, Filoni and company. You know, as we've said many times before are mining the best parts of the EU and, and pulling them forward. So mm-hmm. maybe it's Wayland. It's Could a perfect be. trajectory to bring Thrawn into the fold. And Thrawn yeah. is one yeah, of yeah. the major players in all of the Filoni, you know, stuff. So it's yeah, not a yeah, he really is for me. Really, to really is. Wayland. Yeah. yeah. But again, you know, the analogy is Exegol, the, the canonical version of Wayland on some level. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Knows. It could be fifty-fifty for That's me, true. really. Yeah, but mm. uh, the only other thing going against it because they needed the Sith wayfinder yeah. to get there. Yeah, and it was quite the journey to get through all that stuff. That's true. That's not exactly uh, uh, open. Here's space another thing way. From the, in it's the not comics. Exactly actually, hidden, I, yeah, yeah. It just occurred to me in the comics, Darth Vader goes there a few months after the Empire is formed to Exegol. Yeah. Oh, and, and it's already like that. It's already he has to barren. Fight the okay. eye of uh, Agamotto or oh, whatever right, it's right, called, right. and he has to go through the crazy Rishi Maze wormhole thing, gotcha, fly gotcha. using the Force yeah, yeah. like Kylo Ren does. Oh, and then okay, he, okay. Uh, he has to, uh, yeah. And then he defeats a beast there that Kylo Ren, because that beast is defeated, Kylo Ren doesn't have to face it when he walks on the surface. But everything, like the cloning lab, like Luke's yeah, hand, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, all it's all already in place. So I would say that. So we can probably, Maybe. we can just abandon the probably idea that it's right exile. <laughs> right. All right, know. let's yeah, abandon but, that. I mean, there's there's worse things. We saw in, in The Mandalorian what they were doing to a planet in, mm, in so midstream. True. Yeah, true, true. Could be like, 
could be that planet too. Wait, what planet where we on there? Wait, the planet where they're starting to uh, uh, terraform. Right. Oh, sorry. It's Jedi Fallen Empire where we see the 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 early days of of Star Killer Base where they're starting to right. to put the trench. But uh, you're right. Oh, no. um, yeah, the crap. with the magistrate. That's the right. Yeah, magistrate yeah, yeah. And um, oh, right. Because the 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 factory, the the smog belching factory. Oh my lord! I know the. I can't think of the yeah. name of the place, but I know yeah. the episode. Yeah, we all know yeah, the episode. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I mean, so that gives us something to think about. Well, guys, what do you think? Uh, season's wrapped. Did it end on a high note for you? Overall, it was a bit of a roller coaster, and right. I, I, knowing that there's going to be another season, and and then and knowing that you know we had four seasons of Rebels, we had seven seasons of Clone Wars. Clone Wars they always yeah. do a long game. Especially if they can get yep. derived revenue from something, it certainly was good enough to warrant a second season. Certainly was. Totally uh, agree with you. It's pushing the boundaries of what they can do with animation and and our our little Star Wars universe real far. I, yeah, I dig yeah. that. I, I'm I'm in love with the timeline. I'm in love with the beginning of the Empire and yeah. watching it unfold yeah. and learning new things that we thought we just took for granted. That oh wow, this is completely different. Me too. Um, I absolutely agree with you there. I've always, like I say, you know, using the role-playing game analogy, this was always the period of galactic history that I set my games in because it's really this dark, unexplored, wild west kind of... Anything can happen. We don't know what's going on, therefore I can make anything I want. And now that those holes are being filled in, I am pretty much... uh, I'm pretty thrilled with how they're handling it and what they're doing. So I'll give it an eight out of 10 lightsabers. Nice. I'll give it uh season one for me gets uh eight Kyber crystals out of 10. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the end of things. Uh, although it is the end of the season, it is not the end of the show. So uh, I just want to remind everybody, I want you to uh, put it on your calendars. Everybody join us here next week. Uh, next Saturday, August the uh, I believe 21st. I wrote it down. Yeah, August the twenty first. We're gonna go live at eleven a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're gonna do a whole retrospective, uh, unscripted live, just sort of retrospect on the the whole season. We hope you guys will join us on Facebook and on YouTube, where you guys can share your thoughts about the season with us, and. Uh, We'll talk about some highs and lows of the of the season and all the things we liked and didn't like about it. And as we're fond of doing, we'll speculate on where we think we think things are going in the future. We hope that you guys will join us. Um, I may even wear pants. <laughs> just one uh, one quick technical point on that is if you are planning on joining us through Facebook, remember that we do use StreamYard to uh, manage all of our shows. So when you get the link in Facebook, you will have to follow the link to allow StreamYard to see your name uh, for you to post comments. It doesn't mean you can't post comments. If you don't want your name shown, that's fine. You don't have to do that. Uh, it'll just show up as a Facebook user. I'm also going to I'm gonna turn my uh, Instagram streaming on, and I'm going to just point it at the screen. Point so it at us. Everybody can, <laughs> right, so that everybody can see. But I'm going to live stream Instagram because we got 600 people over there that dig us. So I'm going awesome. I'm I'm to double down on that. Nice. All right, you guys. Can check well, us out there if you want to. Again, that's it for me. Um, looking forward to where the show is going. Looking forward to our next uh, future projects, which there are a couple in the in the works. So, all right, guys. Until next week. Uh, that's it for See me. You next week.
All right, I guess I'll take us Ooh, out this you're, week. You're on duty. All right. All right, you're on it. So join us next week, my friends. Not the same batch. Well, I guess it will be. Same batch time, same batch channel. That's 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. on the 21st of August. The fan- first Fandom Power presents the Fan Batch live stream. We'll see you then, guys. Come and watch us swear more than normal. <laughs> <laughs> Bye for now, everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast, but you didn't know where to begin? Maybe you'd like to try podcasting without having to invest in any recording equipment. Do you have an idea for a show, but you're not sure how to develop it? Let Sawcast Productions take care of all of that, so you can focus on what it is you want to say. Sawcast Productions offers podcasting solutions ranging from recording and basic editing, to fully produced episodes complete with all the audio embellishments of a broadcast quality show. When your show is ready... Sawcast Productions can distribute it too. Contact us online today. So, what do you want to say? <laughs>